Adam Crowley Show. Oh, I like him. <laughs> He's a handsome guy. ESPN Pittsburgh, 970 AM and 106.3 FM. The Pirates won today, but the top story is Laurie or Yanny? Laurel. Laurel. Or I suppose Laurel or Yanny? Laurel. I hear Laurel. Laurel. Yanny. What are you hearing, Tom? Laurel. I hear Laurel. Laurel. You guys, stop clowning. I'm telling you, it's Laurel. You gotta hear Yanny. Laurel. That's what it's saying. It's saying... Laurel. Laurel. Like the Highlands. Play Laurel. It. Play it. Laurel. Yanny. Mm. Here's the deal. Laurel. This is all over the interwebs. And half the people are saying Laurel. And half the people are saying Yanny. Laurel. You remember that dress debate that there was in this country not all that long ago? Is it gold and white or is it black and blue? Laurel. Nobody knew. Everyone had different opinions. It's really a microcosm of where we are as a country right now. We're all arguing vociferously about whether or not it's Yanny or Laurel. Laurel. And there's really nothing to argue about because it's in the eye of the beholder. Laurel. Or the year. Laurel. Not unlike these Pittsburgh Pirates. Laurel. Every time the Pirates win, you have the told-you-so people or the enjoy-it people You know what's going to make me enjoy it more? You shutting up. Chris Mack from the station across the street tweeted yesterday, quote, Is this team for real? They're on a 92-win pace, hitting the bleep out of the ball and just a game out of first. Enjoy it. Whether it lasts another week or another four and a half months, just enjoy it, end quote. Do we have to ask that question every time the ball club wins a game? Are they for real? Are they for real? Are they for real? They're playing the worst teams in baseball for a week and a half here. Every time they beat the White Sox, do we have to ask if they're for real? How about when they beat the Padres and the Reds? If you want to enjoy the process, then you shouldn't even be asking the question whether or not the team's for real, right? You should just be enjoying it. I want the Pirates to win. Of course I do. I want all of Pittsburgh's teams to be successful. That doesn't mean that I'm going to buy in hook, line, and sinker every time one of the teams gets off to a hot start. That's not my job. If the Steelers start out 4-0, I don't proclaim them for real and say they're going to the Super Bowl. Just like I don't predict their demise when they're 3-2. and You analyze critically, and you talk about what flaws need to be fixed, and so on and so forth. That's sports. The same thing goes with the Penguins. I didn't write them off when they started out slow out of the gates. They had much to improve upon. And they did to an extent, but their faults led to an exit from the playoffs in the second round. The Pirates have played 42 baseball games. To ask whether they're for real or not is a question that nobody can answer. To tell me to enjoy it while asking the question seems contradictory to me. You found the Crowley Show where your mom listens, and you should too. 4129-222-2874 is the number to call. Or you can join the cast of dozens and follow me on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley. Brian LaMartina is sitting across from me. Shirtless Tom is behind the glass. We will be punishing Shirtless Tom on Friday at 540 as penance for being late yesterday. He will have to eat an entire wad of wasabi. Laurel. You want some quality analysis? The Pirates are 13th in the league in ERA. They're 15th in quality starts. That tells me that they have an average pitching staff at best. 
That's with Trevor Williams pitching way over his head with an ERA of 272. He's going to pitch better than his numbers, but he ain't going to be that good. Maybe Tyon makes up for it by being better, but maybe not. Is Musgrove the answer? He had an ERA over six for the Astros last year in the rotation. Is it Kingham? I think he's going to be great, but he just got roughed up in double A. Is Cervelli going to be healthy? How about Marte? He didn't play today. If Cervelli stays healthy, can he play this well all season long? Can Dickerson keep this up? He's been a good ball player before. He's never been this good. Point is, for a team that's on a 95-win pace, they sure as hell have a lot of questions. Questions that I still want to ask. Questions that you should ask. The is the team real question has a lot of answers. But when Pirates apologists tell me to enjoy the ride, I sure hope that they mean that I should enjoy it while still breaking it down. I'm not going to say you shouldn't be having fun watching the Pirates win baseball games. Of course you should. You're a fan. But I think I'm in the majority here. In any other market, for any other team, in any sport, when your team gets off to a start like the Pirates have gotten off to, which is at a 595 winning percent clip, everyone's going to have to be told, calm down, we don't know if they're going to win the championship. Uh, You're taking things a little too far here. Uh, Maybe they do have some flaws. In Pittsburgh, a lot of people already say, They've got flaws. They've only played 42 games. Let's just wait and see. And the reason for that is because for 20 years, they didn't have a baseball club that was better, that won more games, pardon me, than they lost. At no point over 20 years. So Pirates fans are trained to be skeptical. I'm not going to believe in this organization I'm not going to believe in this front office. I'm not going to believe in ownership until when the Pirates are contending at the deadline, they do what they can to push them over the top and not break the team apart. I'm not going to buy in hook, line, and sinker because they've got a 595 winning percentage through 42 games. I'm not because they will be around in August. They will be there at the deadline. Whether they're leading in the wild card race, whether they're second or third behind the second place wild card team, they will be right there because if you're around 500, you're going to be there. And given that they're eight games above 500 now, I think they're going to be right in the conversation. But are they going to add to the team or are they going to subtract? That's what I'm waiting for, Tim Williams. That's what I'm waiting for, Pirates Apologist. Sure, I'm going to enjoy it to an extent right now. Sure, I want to see them be successful, but my God, does that not mean you can't have a healthy skepticism? It doesn't mean that you can't fault and doubt the ownership. Imagine where this team would be if they had Garrett Cole right now at the top of the rotation. Yes, I know he wouldn't be pitching the same way. Tim Williams made that clear to me on Twitter. He wouldn't be pitching the same because the Pirates, well, they asked him to do different things. Well, that's a feather in my cap because they should have been asking him to do whatever the hell he's doing in Houston right now because he is the Cy Young runaway favorite at this point. But that's not really the point, is it? The point is, even if he's a facsimile of what he is right now in Pittsburgh, he's better than what they got. Again, 15th in quality starts, 13th in ERA. That is a decidedly average pitching staff. It becomes better than average when you've got Garrett Cole. 
And yes, Colin Moran's playing well. He was part of the return in the Garrett Cole deal. I get it. But who'd you rather have? A great frontline starter? Or a guy who helps the team score runs? Well, on this team, I'm going to take the frontline starter. Because they can score runs. With or without Colin Moran. This is the most runs the Pirates have scored through 42 games since 19-effing 60. They don't need an extra hitter. They need a pitcher who can match up with other teams' great pitchers. And God love Jamison Tyon, everything he's been through, he ain't that guy. God love Trevor Williams, but he ain't that guy either. He's a good pitcher. He's not a great pitcher. Jamison Tyon has not yet harnessed his powers to become that great pitcher. He's just a good pitcher. And the rest of the rotation, eh, you don't know what you're going to get on a given day. You'd know what you're going to get with Garrett Cole. Correct me if I'm wrong, but... Go back a couple of years, he was in the Cy Young conversation here in Pittsburgh. It's not as if he didn't know how to pitch here. Last year he battled with injuries and dealt with some stuff, and that's why he wasn't as good. Of course I'm going to doubt the front office. It's okay to do both, too, by the way. To doubt the front office and also be happy that they're winning. Of course I'm happy, but it doesn't mean that I can't say, eh, eh, they're going to finish the job. They gonna be able to do it? Let's put on our prediction hats right now. I love doing this. It's sports radio, so we can do this whenever we want. Prediction hat on. Tom, put yours on. You put it on? You got it on? It's on. You got your prediction hat on? It's on. It's on. Brian, prediction hat. It's on. All right, prediction hat. Pirates are going to be in it. At the deadline. And they're going to flip Corey Dickerson for something, anything, doesn't really matter the return. They're going to get rid of Corey Dickerson. And then they're going to blame all of you, the fans, for not having shown up. They're going to say, well, we didn't have the cash flow because the fans weren't coming to the ballpark. They tried to do it last year. They're going to do it again. Without a doubt, that is what they're going to do. Or at least that's what I'm conditioned to believe that they're going to do. Last year, they were right there at the deadline. Right there. And what'd they do? Gregory Polanco's pulling hamstrings. Did they get an outfielder? Did they get one whenever Starling Marte was suspended for 80 games? No! Jamison Tyon goes down. Do they go out and get a starting pitcher? No! For a team that wanted to contend coming into the year, we heard so much about the bridge year leading to last year, right? For a team that was supposed to contend, that they wanted to contend, they sure didn't act like it when rubber met the road. Starling Marte suspended. If you're a contender, you go out and you get someone, a bat, who can play for 80 games that's going to make it less embarrassing of a loss for you. It's what you do. When you find out that Gregory Polanco is going on the DL again, you go out and you get somebody, especially when you don't have a Starling Marte. Color me skeptical, but it's because I am. And it's because you should be too. They haven't built up equity with me. They haven't given me a reason to believe. And this speaking directly to Tim Williams and any of the other people out there who are saying, get excited, your baseball team's good. They're great. Watch them now. They've hurt me in the past. I'm not going to let them do it again. You ever been with somebody and relationship's not good? They hurt you? And then they want to get back together? What do you think's going to happen? They're going to spurn you again. Pirates won 98 games, and instead of trying to kick the damn door down, they subtracted. 
Last year, they were close, and they didn't add. This year, they're going to be close. And I'm betting that all y'all get spurned. I ain't. Because I'm not buying in hook, line, and sinker. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Tampa Bay's back! They beat the Caps. But they did not dominate 5-on-5 the way that I thought that they would, being down 2-0 in the series. I still think Tampa's the better team. Coming into the series, I thought they were going to boat race the Capitals. And I thought they were going to win 4 out of 5 and go on to the Stanley Cup Final. Well, now they're going to have to. But they've lost all their margin for error. You're now down by a game in the series, and you've got to play Washington again on the road, and you'd expect a better performance from Washington in that game. You can't give away games and expect to win series. The Penguins did it, and then they lost the series. Penguins led twice in that series going into the third period, and they lost two of those games. When you give away games to good teams, you lose series. Over the course of an 82-game season, you'll be fine. You trust the process, you'll be okay. You're Tampa Bay, you've got a lot of talent. Sometimes the process will let you down, but over that large sample size, it won't. Well, in a seven-game series, you go down 0-2 in the conference final, history tells you you've got a 0% chance of winning. No times in the NHL's history has a team gone down 2 to nothing at home and then won the conference final. Hasn't happened. So as much as I do think Tampa Bay is better, they sleptwalk too much, and I think they're effed. Speaking of the F word, screw Tom Wilson. He was boarded by Anton Stroman in last night's Eastern Conference Final Game 3, and he said, I think they're probably reviewing it. I don't know how much goes into it. I can tell you that if it's maybe the other way around, you better believe they're looking at it, and you better believe there might be a little bit more attention on it. I'm not here to complain about anything. I'm just talking about it for the betterment of the game and for the better of players' safety. Well, you did complain, jackass. And, of course, you'd be suspended. You're a repeat offender, constantly on parole. Hey, you remember that time El Chapo led up a committee to increase border control? No. Didn't happen. This reminds me of when Rick Pitino got caught being slimy the penultimate time, not this last time, and he denied allegations and then said, the NCAA should actually be stricter. That's what Tom Wilson's doing here. He feels he was the victim of frivolous suspension, and he wants someone else to feel the pain. Sorry, buddy, but you ain't the spokesperson for this league. And Strowman's hit was a bad one, sure, but it was penalized. Strowman isn't a predatory player, and it's different than the two headshots that we saw Tom Wilson deliver in the last series. The penalty was probably enough. And in fact, I'd bet my house he's not suspended. Tom Wilson ain't getting one shred of sympathy for me, even though I am an advocate for player safety. Coming up next, we got Tim Benz. He have breakfast with Benz. So much to get to with him today, including Pirates fans saying, we told you so, after only 42 games. It's a Crowley show. Brian, I don't know how else to say this, so I'll just say it. What is it, Linda? I think we should see other people. Are you breaking up with me on a roller coaster? Well, we do have a lot of fun. Maybe we should stay together. An emotional roller coaster? Surprising. What's not surprising? How much you could save by switching to Geico. I just need a little me time. 
Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Laurel. Yanny. It's Laurel. It's Yanny. It's dude. Laurel, man. Dude, seriously, you guys can't really think to see Yanny. That was Laurel. Play it again. Laurel. Laurel. It's Yanny. Dude, I don't know. It's what clear as day, Laurel, man. Laurel. Tom, what do you think, man? I still hear Laurel. Yeah. Laurel. That's because it is Laurel, and Brian's pulling all our legs. I'm you not pulling he's anybody's old? legs. Get your hand off my knee. <laughs> Is it Laurel or Yanny? Laurel. Yanny. It's Laurel as far as I'm concerned. Laurel. You're wrong. Brian's old. He says Yanny. Tim Benz is old. What does he say? Hello, Tim. Is it Laurel or Yanny? What is this thing? This is, I, I'm aware of it kind of. This is sort of the audio version of is the dress blue? Exactly. Or is it yellow and gold? Is that what it is? Yes. All right, when I listened to you guys playing it on Twitter, when you and Brian got into your cheese tease fight, I thought it was Yanny. Yes! And then when I just heard it now bouncing back, it sounds clearly like Laurel. Laurel. I don't understand it, man. Tim, I think they're messing with me in some way, seriously. Like, I think they're switching them out or something like that. I think they are, too. What I just heard now bouncing back from commercial break sounds nothing like what I had heard on your guys' cheese tease. It sounds like a different drop-in. I still have at no point heard Yanny, so I'm waiting for that moment that you guys are having right now where you've heard it, heard it differently. Uh, I can't wait, man. I'm excited about it. I'm excited well, about Yanny. I know Yanny. that stupid blue dress thing. I'm colorblind, so I saw neither. That's so good. So I fell into an entirely different category. What are you seeing with this Pirates team, Tim? Are, are you saying, hey, you should enjoy the ride, or are you, healthy, are you on team healthy skepticism? Because that's the team I'm on. I don't know how you're not enjoying the ride. Like, well, first of all, why are those mutually exclusive? They seem to be, though. As far as the people that I've come across on Twitter, uh, the people who are saying, oh, enjoy it, it's great, man, it's awesome, are also the people who are lauding the front office. I'm having fun watching the team be good, but all the people who are out there taking victory laps right now because, oh, the team is better than all the idiots thought, well, they can go to hell. I'm enjoying the ride, but I'm also skeptical. You know, it's at least fun to throw the game on in the eighth inning and see them have a chance to win, which I didn't think I'd see much of at all this season. Uh, I do that. I'm not emotionally invested because I'm skeptical. Um, I want to see where they are at the trade deadline and what they do about it. Yeah. So, you know, uh, yeah, I'm bold. I'm enjoying the ride. Sure, because they're playing better baseball than I ever could have thought. But I'm entirely skeptical that, A, it's going to last, and, B, if they are close, that they'll do anything to make themselves better as opposed to even maybe making themselves worse, which I wouldn't rule out too, by the way. So I think you're, I mean, that's, to me, that's not even different than the Steelers. Like, I enjoyed a 13 3 ride last year, but I was skeptical they were ever going to beat the Patriots, and they didn't even get that far. So it's just sort of a different level of skepticism and how much you enjoy things in the process. Yeah, I like watching the Pirates right now because they are winning games, but like you said, the deadline to me is whenever I could buy in hook, line, and sinker. Uh, if they were to do something to improve the club or not do something to make the club worse. My prediction that I made in the first segment, and because it's radio, it will be out there forever, is the Pirates are going to be within three games of the second wild card, and they're going to trade Corey Dickerson because he's having the best season of his career. <laughs> now, that is possible, and uh, the other thing about it is to be within, well, I don't know, the, the, the trends, the projections suggest is not going to be the case, but 
you know, to be within three games of the wild card last year, you would have been, what, one game above 500 by season's end? Right. Because right? didn't the Twins get in as 85? So that's one of those deals for hunting to say, all right, well, we're in it, but we're not that good, so we're going to move for the future. So what you're saying is entirely possible, yes. Yes, if not probable. And I think that we're going to hear a similar refrain that we heard last year, which is, well, if you guys had showed up to the baseball games, maybe we'd have a little extra cash to throw around. Oh, yeah, they'll put it on us. No doubt, no doubt about it. It'll be, it'll be on our plate. And that's part of the reason why I don't get emotionally involved. You know, it's, to go back to your original point, you know, sometimes, like, you can watch, uh, Narcos or, you know, like one of these series that's on, um, uh, like Netflix or something. Like, you can watch each individual episode and yet by the time the season ends, you know, it's going to suck. You know, when the series ends, it's going to have a crappy ending. But, that's kind of where I am now. I'm watching each individual episode and saying, okay, this is pretty good, but with absolutely no expectations, I'm going to leave satisfied at the end. Tim, I think if the Pirates go 7-2 and two over this stretch, and they've already gone 2-0, and oh, then they're going to be in the wild card hunt because, well, just by default, you're going to be. If you're right around 500, like you mentioned, you'll be in it. Uh, I think, though, that anything less than 6-3 and three over this stretch would make me start to believe they're a fraud. They're doing a good job of beating up on the bad teams. Right. The schedule has been very much in their favor. Let's keep that in mind. And I also know, going back to the skepticism angle, that I saw this team in 2012 be 16 games above 500 in August and then find a way to finish below 500. So uh, falling off a cliff is entirely possible in Pittsburgh. Tim Benz, Breakfast with Benz from the trip, joins us here on the Crowley Show. You think the Penguins are trying to entice some offers on Chris Letang, don't you? Yeah, I thought that was Kevin Colbert-esque, what Jim Rutherford did when he spoke to The Athletic, uh, basically saying, I'm not trying to trade Chris Letang until the Oakland Raiders offer me a third-round draft choice for him. Um, you know, that's exactly what Colbert did. We're not trading Martavis. We're not trading Martavis. I dare you to make a trade for Martavis Bryant. Okay, third-rounder, uh, let's get it done. That's basically what I think Jim Rutherford is doing. Now, it's going to be harder to do because there's only, what, 12 teams you can do it with, and those teams are going to have to offer more than a third-round pick, but the premise of what the general manager is doing is exactly the same. Uh, blow my doors off, and maybe I'll make the move. I might not, but I'm daring you to try to make me. Do you think it's a good move for the Penguins if they were to move him? No. Because I want to see what he can do for one more year. Uh, if you don't have a Chris Letang and you lose Justin Schultz for any stretch of time, I don't know what you do. Um, one way or another, Adam, in fact, this is my piece for Breakfast with Ben tomorrow. It's almost a follow-up on that Rutherford piece today. And it is when Rutherford says, you know, this team is going to look different, but I don't know if I'm going to do anything drastic. How do you do one without the other? Uh, I don't know how you make a couple, quote, little moves here and there. Uh, they've got $72 million committed already for next season before you get to the RFA contracts. So that does sound decent because they could have 8 to $10 million worth the cap space, but those RFA moves, if they were to retain most of those guys, would blow them through the upper limits of those projections. So, you know, trading Kessel, uh, punting on the Broussard deal and getting pennies in the dollar for him, trading with Tang, those would be drastic moves. I think Penguins fans, with their love affair and their affinity for guys like Russ and Haglin and Sherry, would also see trades of those guys as being drastic. But it's not, 
because how many of those guys are going to be in your top six as forwards next year, right. particularly if they're tinkering with the idea of making Broussard a wing and they're pledging a spot to Daniel Strong already? You're talking about trading third and fourth liners then. That's not drastic to me, and I think we have to wrap our brains around that. Even if it's three or four of those guys, um, that's not as drastic as it's going to feel. Tim Ben's joining us here on the Crowley Show. Tim, you wrote about gambling uh, on Breakfast with Ben's this morning, among other things, of course, as always. Uh, I find it interesting what's going to happen to the gambling marketplace, if you will, whenever all the money that comes in in Pittsburgh on a Steelers Sunday is going to come in on the Steelers. Because uh, Joe from Blowing Ox he ain't betting on no brownies. Right, exactly. And... Here's what I think, though, Adam. Uh, Joe from Blonox doesn't bet on the Brownies now anyway. <laughs> That's true. I, I think I've seen some stories that are saying, well, like in Pittsburgh, you're going to have to spend $150 to win 100 I, I don't think that's going to be the case. I actually think you're going to see less of an effect in Pittsburgh than you are in other markets. And the analogy that I used was, let's say the Carolina Panthers are playing against the Atlanta Falcons at home, right? So the Panthers are a three-point favorite in Vegas or your local offshore account that you get online, right? So in Carolina, because nearly 100% of the action in Charlotte will be on the Panthers, well, maybe that line gets booted out to four or five points. But here in Pittsburgh, I don't think you'll see the line move all that dramatically because they've got such a huge national fan base anyway. The Vegas lines in advance often pad their own projections for point spread because they know so much of the money is going to come in on the Steelers in advance. So I actually think if the Steelers are a seven-point favorite against the Browns at home in Vegas, that line might only be seven and a half or eight tops here in Pittsburgh because I think the Vegas bookmakers and the offshore bookmakers know that most of their money is going to come in on the Steelers anyway. You might not see that sizable of a difference on the local front at the Rivers as you do to Caesars versus what you might see in other NFL marketplaces. Tim, this is purely speculative, but how many people do you think that don't bet currently are going to dabble in betting once it becomes totally legal? I think you'll see a lot more, and I don't think any of them are going to bet anything of consequence. Like, you're going to see Joe from Blonox's girlfriend throw $25 down on the Steelers to win 22 like, that's what you're going to see. You're, you're going to see some guy park at the rivers, walk through the rivers, decide to make a $25 bet that otherwise maybe he wouldn't because he doesn't bother to have an online account. And that's going to add up. You're going to see more people do it, but I don't think you're going to see huge dollars come in. Um, when it comes to the gambling marketplace to watch, and this is what some of the real big thinkers on the gambling front are paying attention to is, like we just talked about in that Atlanta Falcons, Carolina Panthers analogy, where the big money might come in uh, is more on a national level where you want to where you see players try to take advantage of the line. Like, you'll see somebody throw a $5,000 bet down um, out of market or through someone here uh, in Atlanta uh, because they've got minus, or they've got plus five on the Panther game in Charlotte because they went to do it. Like, you'll find somebody to be a mule for somebody who's going to win a big ticket somewhere. Like, that's the X factor, I think, when it comes to actual raw dollars coming in. Tim, you're smarter than me. I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, you, no, you do. You do. Think about it. Like you, I'm just Think messing. about this. No, think about this. You, you've got a friend in Texas, right? Sure. All right, so the Redskins are playing the Cowboys, and the Redskins are a huge dog. So you make a call to your friend in Texas and say, get me in for five grand on the Redskins. 
Um, you know, that's, I can't remember the name of the technique the gamblers, but uh, it's basically hedging on the other side. Like, that's where a lot of the big money is going to come. I can't wait to walk into Rivers Casino and blow $37 on the West Virginia Mountaineers to obliterate Youngstown State. Well, you know what? That's the more interesting thing. Don't you think what's going to happen in college? Oh, without a doubt. Like, you know, your school is chief among this. I mean, West Virginia and Marshall are part of the reason why I think this is going to be so interesting because they got tied in in advance. Like, what if other schools see that and say, hey, we want in? Like, what happens in North Carolina? What happens with NC State and the University of North Carolina? Like, do they try to get in because there's state schools on this and they want to suck off the teeth of the gamblers? But Wake Forest and Duke are left out in the cold because they're private institutions and tons of the money is coming in on games that involve Duke because they're such high profile, such a high profile institution. Like, that's going to be a nightmare. What about like Stanford, uh, the Pac-10? Uh, how about Colorado and Colorado State? Does Colorado State get the same amount of the action that Colorado does, even though they play in a non-Power 5 conference? Like, all this stuff is going to be, this is a Pandora's box from the college level. What do you think about the assertion that maybe we'll see some fixing of games at the college level? Oh, come on. I get, this is just ridiculous to me. This paranoia of every game is going to be fixed now. It, it is. So, so let me get this straight. Jimmy No-Nos, who is so scared to death of making an illegal bet or having an offshore account on his computer. Like, you won't do that now. But, but when it becomes legal in September, he's going to make a bet, and it's going to be so big, suddenly it's going to open himself up to 12 felonies for racketeering and wire fraud and things of that sort but to make a bet here because it's legal and fix a game? Are you kidding me? Like Nobody who's afraid to make a bet now is suddenly going to fix a game because it's legal to make the bet in the first place. That's such asinine thinking, isn't it? That's a really good point by you, Tim. You laid uh, it I mean, out pretty it's, good. It's scare tactics. It's like this is your brain. This is your brain on gambling. You know, it's just it's one of these things where it sounds good to say, and uh, everybody's got you know a little bit of a like the leagues and anti-gambling advocates and. Uh, certain politicians that are against, but they have something to gain. They're scaring you into thinking all this stuff. But I mean, come on, Adam. Let's face it. We both hosted the Steelers post game show before. When the Steelers win, they won a regular up and up game. When they lose, the game was fixed. We've been saying this for 50 years already. What difference does it make? Last thing here for you, Tim. Uh, on the topic of gambling, over under for the Pirates, 85 wins. Under. Yeah, baby. I still baby. think they go under. Yeah, baby. I love it. That's what I think, too. I mean, they're off to a hot start. They're, they got off to a good quarter. Uh, you know, I'm not shifting my projection of wins that dramatically. So that'll be a 10. I said they were going to win 73 to 75. You've moved it up 10. No, I, I don't think they're necessarily going to climb 10 games better overall when they've only gotten to 40 so far. No, if you make me bet again, I'd still bet on the under on that one. Tim, awesome stuff, man. Always love reading it in the morning. Always appreciate you coming on. Did everybody remain with their shirts on during the... The taping of this segment. No! Brian's not no. wearing his. See, I thought in your cheese tease today, when you guys faked the fight over Yanni, was real I, fight. Thought the next step, I thought the next step in the de-evolution of that was going to be you guys pulling the shirts over each other's heads. I just didn't. I did not see Tom coming in with the worst 
fisted and fake chug of all time putting the yingling all over you guys. I didn't see that happening. Two things there. Number one, Tom was actually chugging. He's just awful at it. And number two, I had no idea he was going to spit that on me. Nobody told me it was going to happen, but they all knew. Tom knew, Brian knew, Katie knew, and it sucked for me. When I look at Tom's physique, one thing is clear to me. He needs, the, the thing that he needs more than anything else in the world is one more yingling. That much is obvious. Yes! <laughs> See you, Tim. Later. Tom, you take offense to that? Yeah, first of all, I didn't chug the beer because I'm in the workplace, so I don't drink alcohol while I'm at work. So I didn't want to have any beer actually be consumed there. So I just want to, I want to clear that one up. We all quick. saw you drink it. I mean, it happened. No, it didn't happen. And the second thing you wanted to clear up, Tom? I don't want to. I don't want to address that. Part. No, address no, it. No, I don't want to address it. Address it. Address it was, your nudity. It I think it was rude and uncalled for from Tim. I thought we were better than that. I thought we were closer than that. Yingling light lager, maybe black and tan. I don't think that's going to help. No, no, that'll mm -hmm. hurt you. I think you look good, Tom. Thank you. You're welcome. I wouldn't kick you out of bed. Thank you. I mean, until later. When it was done. Yeah. Yeah, right. Exactly. Get yeah. the hell out. So that's when, yeah. I, don't, I wouldn't want to spend any time in your company that I didn't have to. Yeah, no, I have to sleep. Yeah. Coming up next, healthy skepticism for the pirates is good. It prevents you from getting hurt. It's a Crowley Show. The USA Today has a headline that says, Danica Patrick isn't racing in the Indy 500 for nostalgia. She wants to win. Well, winning would make it impossible for her to experience nostalgia. So there you have it. Pirates won today. Woo! World Series! They're going to win it all! It's okay to be happy. And then also at the same time, to be a little bit skeptical about whether or not they're going to be able to continue this all season long. And if you want to go to a Pirates game just to see the team win, then go now. But if you want to go to a Pirates game to continue to grow your attachment to the team because you think they're going to continue to win, well, I'd suggest maybe waiting just a little bit longer. Before we get into all that, there's a debate raging on the interwebs on Twitter.com. It's really a microcosm of our society right now. Is the sound that you're about to hear, and listen very carefully, are you hearing Laurel, the word, or are you hearing Yanni? Play the sound for me, Tom. That's definitely, definitely Yanni. No, I'm hearing Laurel. It's Lonnie, man. I mean, Yanni. That's Yanni. Totally Yanni. It's Laurel. Yanni, dude. It's Laurel. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, I guess we're just not hearing the same thing. It's Yanni. Uh, we're just not hearing the same thing. It's Laurel. What stinks, though, is that this debate rages on in the pits of the interweb. Uh, it just rages on. It's Laurel. It's Yanni. It's Laurel. It's Yanni. And people are pulling each other's hair out via the keyboard. 
You're fat. No, you're fat. Your mom's a whore. Well, it's because... Yanni. Dude, this whole thing, it's Jordan uh, LeBron. It, it's... It's Crosby Ovechkin. Yeah, it's exactly what it is. It's are the Pirates good or are they not? <laughs> we talked about it before the show, but it's all confirmation bias. Maybe not so much the Laurel Yanni thing, although I do think that plays into it a little bit. If you thought the Pirates were going to be better than most people coming into the season, then you're going berserk right now. You're saying, I told you so, I told you so, I told you so. And if you're like me, saying, eh, well, they're going to be okay, but that's about it, then you're going to continue to say that. Uh, People haven't moved here in their opinion. I think people are entrenched one way or another. I was never going to buy into the Pirates front office until they gave me a reason to believe in the Pirates front office. And some will say, well, aren't they giving you a reason to believe when they're Eight games over 500? Well, no, because it doesn't matter right now. They're not going to hand out a pennant for winning the division in May. They're not going to hand out a pennant for winning the division at all, in fact. That's not how it works. But the Pirates aren't at a place yet where I can feel comfortable enough in their abilities to say they're going to be a team that contends for a playoff spot. I I just can't buy into that. And by contends for a playoff spot, I mean really contend, is leading in the wild card, is leading in the division when the season winds to a close. This is a team that's going to be on the periphery of the discussion all season long because that was the way it was always going to be. And I've called it like it is from the start. Now, beating up on bad teams will put the Pirates in a better position, but I want to see how they do against good teams. They've had some success against good teams. They've got a 7-2 record against the National League Central. That's important, but again, it's so early that I can't determine whether or not that's going to be something that sticks. Are the Cubs where the Cubs are going to be? Are the Brewers where the Brewers are going to be? Are the Cardinals going to continue to get better? That's what I ask. And I think it's fair for Pirates fans to wonder if Maybe it's smoke and mirrors right now. Maybe it's a mirage. Maybe they're not a team that is worth filling the ballpark for. Just to reiterate, if you want to watch a team play baseball, you're like me. You want them to be good. But it doesn't mean that you have to buy into them being a legitimately season-long 90-win team. Tim Williams tweeted this out. The Pirates are 15-14 and 14 against teams who have a winning records versus the rest of the league. 10-3 and three against teams with losing records versus the league. They're definitely padding what they're doing against the bad teams right now. And you have to do that, and that keeps you afloat in the wild card race. But there's a bunch of good teams in the National League this year. There are a bunch of teams that are over 500 right now. The Diamondbacks, the Rockies, the Giants, the Brewers, the Cardinals, the Cubs. The Nats, the Phillies, the A's, the Mets. Look at all the teams in baseball that are above 500. In fact, it's faster to count the teams that are under 500. Tampa, one. Baltimore, two. We're doing a little segment we like to call counting on the radio. Detroit, three. Kansas City, four. Chicago, five. Texas, six. Miami, seven. Closer I get to ten, it's a problem. Cincinnati, eight. San Diego, nine. So you're telling me... There are nine teams right now that have losing records. Nine. That's it. Just nine out of the 30. And I'm supposed to believe in the Pirates being one of the 21 teams that is a legit contender? Everyone's doing okay right now for the most part. Everybody. Except for the teams that are ass. 
And I never thought the Pirates were going to be asked this year. I've said all along they're going to, by default, contend for the second wild card spot. But I just think we need to pump the brakes a little bit. You're going to get hurt. Healthy skepticism is important. Case in point. In college, there's a girl I liked. We might have fooled around. I didn't want to date her. Why? She fooled around with everyone. And when that's the case, I'm not going to buy in and think, oh, she thinks I'm the one. We are soulmates. No, she's in college. She wants to have fun. That's all it's about, having fun. So I wasn't going to allow that to happen to me. In fact, one time, Geno Smith, quarterback of your West Virginia Mountaineers, he slid into her DMs. And this is when I knew it wasn't going to work out. She says, hey, Adam, do you mind if I go out with Gino? No, I don't mind, but that's exactly why we're not dating. <laughs> I mean, imagine my wife came up to me and she's like, hey, there's this guy at work. He's cute. You mind if I just go to lunch with him? Yes, I mind. You got to be skeptical. And if my wife had hurt me before, like this girl had the potential of hurting me, I'm going to watch out for that. These Pirates have done nothing over the last 30-ish years besides hurt you. Sure, right now they're holding the door open and the relationship seems like it's fine and everything's hunky-dory. You're feeling okay. But I'm telling you, by August, they're going to get be getting pounded by Geno Smith. I feel like I tied that analogy in there very nicely. I feel like I nailed that one. Like Gino nailed her, probably. Uh, Gino's six foot four, too, and an athlete. Uh, what am I competing with? Should we talk more about that or the Pirates? Pirates? Okay, good. Don't allow yourself to be a patsy, man. Don't allow yourself to get sucked in and believe and then hurt. And I realize that's all part of being a fan, but as a Pirates fan, we've been sucked in and hurt so many damn times, 92 on. Hell, the freaks in 97, you thought, okay. Maybe they'll make the playoffs. No. How about 2003? Get off to a hot start. Sweep the Reds. You've got Reggie Sanders. You've got Kenny Lofton. you got Brian Giles. Boy, this could be a good baseball team. Ah, wrong. 75 wins. Even when they were good. They were up two games to one against the damn Cardinals, and they let that one slip away in the playoffs in 2013. Even when they were good. 98 wins. Could be a World Series contender. Ah, you're losing game one. Wild card. Ah, you lose again. Wild card. Even when they've been good, they've let you down. And now they're good for a month and a half? And you're going to say, oh, it's jump on into the deep end. Mm, I'd advise against it. Have fun. Right now, you're watching good baseball, but at some point, they're just going to bang Geno Smith. Coming up next, we take a look at the Penguins' restricted free agents. I'll tell you how I prioritize them. And we'll hear from Matt Geiket, 520, about all this pirate crap. It's the Crowley Show.